On today's show, we take a deep dive into the 1933 season, which is a cracker. Richmond come off the back of a premiership and they look to make it back-to-back. However, Melbourne have poached their premiership coach in their own attempt, attempt to achieve success. Hawthorne have to deal with not one but two tragedies within the season. Fitzroy charged towards the top four finish. And Essendon, despite a poor year, unearth a future champion. Collingwood looked towards a rebuild. South Melbourne continue their recruiting spree. And half of the teams in the league have new coaches. And on top of that, we get ourselves some new team nicknames. All that and more coming up after the song. It's the history of football we knows about And we want to expand what we know We'll become such intelligent gentry With every kick-to-kick show Beginning in the time 1870s Right through to the modern day Tune in for Timmy Coops and the Kazman To hear what they all have to say Yes, welcome to the 1933 episode of Kick to Kick. Hey, yeah, here no, we are. Three. Let's do it. You know, the, three, the, the three originals are here together finally. <laughs> I like know. It's been a while. It has been far too long since oh. we've sat, sat around this beautiful new table, yes, Timmy, that we've, we've got. we've got a brand new uh, Kick to Kick podcasting table full of football cards. And yeah, which I'm going to be distracted by, yeah, I'm sure, yeah. as we as we do this. Welcome to you, Charlie. <laughs> oh, it's good to be back. I'm sorry I missed 32. That's all right. Yeah. You, uh, we slotted you in there with, yeah, the, with we, the, uh, the news of the yeah, year. Yeah, look, it's, it's, it's what I need to do yeah. just to keep me going. <laughs> but yeah. I barely survived without you. Hi, Tim. Kaz, welcome to you as well. Um, a busy last <laughs> few months for you, so good to have you back. Oh, yeah. As well. I'm glad to be back. Moz isn't here with us today, but she'll be uh, mm. popping in to do the Brownlow download with yes. us later on. Yeah. Uh, and Murph will be popping in his little segment as well. The Roundup. The Here Roundup. It comes. What a um, great so team. Thank you for sticking by us with the 32 Frankenstein episode. It was <laughs> moulded together over various recordings and, mm. and probably wasn't our finest effort. But <laughs> Look, sometimes these things happen. <laughs> took, what, five weeks or something for us to, to get done it was it was a monster hopefully we can we can come back to our best we've been training hard we in have, the off season yeah. so it should be good and can, so tim can i say thank you for putting it all together <laughs> yeah <laughs> well done um we and we sit here what a week uh, exactly a week after richmond have uh, won their second flag Charlie, unbelievable you and i were there what yes, a boring we game it was it was well look the first quarter was fantastic mm-hmm. you thought it was gonna continue to be an arm wrestle the whole day and then Richmond just found another gear, oh, didn't they? And just and just pulled away. It's very disappointing for the Giants, but I'm sure they'll be there again in the not too distant future. Yeah. Although you never know. You never know. Yeah. They look good. All right. So 1933, really interesting year. It was. Yeah. It was. Well, a I mean, lot uh, happened. Looking forward to getting stuck into this. Um, let's start with a bit of history, though. Give us some history. Um, <laughs> 33 was a great year. Great year. Yeah. That surprises me. No. <laughs> um, hit song that I picked out was uh, Dick Powell's Gold Diggers song, also known as We're in the Money. Ah, so not. We're in the money. Yeah, yeah. Is it that one? Yes, that, it is that one. Oh. I was, I was um, know that. thinking, I can't believe Kanye, that came out so, <laughs> so long ago, mm. but there we go. Um, <laughs> all right. So, getting started with the events of 1933, on the 5th of January, construction on the Golden Gate Bridge began in San Francisco Bay. 
On the 11th of January, Sir Charles Kingsford Smith made the first commercial flight between Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, nice. He hopped the pond. Uh, on the 30th of January, not so great, Nazi leader Adolf Hitler was appointed the Chancellor of Germany. Okay, something to happen there. Yeah, yeah. Mm. There's a lot of stuff there it's about that, but up, I'm just going to... That's the main one, I think. Um, on... February the 10th, I like this. The New York City-based Postal Telegraph Company introduced the first singing telegram. Hey. Yeah. Oh. Right. You know what the tune was? What the song was? I uh, know. I'm not sure. <laughs> Hopefully we're in the money. Request it? <laughs> um, at the end of February, uh, the English cricket team came to Australia and played in the Ashes, and they won using the controversial bodyline tactic. So yeah, this which, was this which was under 32-33. Then the term bodyline was coined by Jack Worrell. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Or, uh, Carlton coach Essendon mm. yeah. on the 2nd of March the original film version of King Kong premiered at Radio City Music Hall oh, groundbreaking yeah. on the 4th of March Franklin D. Roosevelt FDR was sworn in as the 32nd President of the United States um, and this is where the saying uh, came because he, he did a speech in reference to the Great Depression saying the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Oh, okay. So, mm. so yeah, well, either he took it or that's the, that's, yeah, that's the first time I've heard it. Mm. Um, on, and on the 7th of March, the board game Monopoly was invented. Invented? I know. Pretty great. On the 11th of April, Bill Lancaster took off in England in an attempt to make the speed record to the Cape of Good Hope, but he vanished and his body wasn't found in the Sahara until 1962. Jeez. Oh. 29 years later. Wow. Awesome. On the 10th of June, Australian Women's Weekly was first published. And on the 13th of June, the Australian Antarctic Territory was established. And on the 6th of September, windscreen wipers became compulsory <laughs> on all Australian cars. <laughs> I wonder what the uh, the incident was that led to that. <laughs> just a really heavy downpour and everyone's just... <laughs> Crashing. Yeah. Um, at the start of November, Hallmark won the Melbourne Cup. And on the 17th of December, the very first NFL championship game was played. The yeah, because it was the first year they split into conferences. Yes. Before that, it was just whoever finished on top. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. they split into conferences, came together. Yeah. The Bears, the Chicago Bears won the first one. They beat the New York Giants 23-21. to 21. Nice. There you go. Uh, any other events? Not that I've got, no. 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 Well, would you Summed like to hear up. some people who were born in yeah. 1933? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would love to. You ready? Yeah. Uh, on the 23rd of January, Bill Hayden, the Governor-General of Australia. Current Governor-General? No, 89 mm -hmm. to 96. Okay. <laughs> there's, some na there's some names, though, that are you're, like far more recognisable okay. names are we coming into. February 18th, Yoko Ono. Oh, yeah, I've heard of her. Yeah. February 21st, Nina Simone. Yep. Mm. March 14th, Sir Michael Caine. Nice. And Quincy Jones, hey. the music producer. Yeah. yeah. He's the, still alive. Yeah. Oh, they're both those two. On right? the 29th, Willie Nelson. April 29th, <laughs> Willie Nelson was born. And May 3rd, James Brown, the King of Soul. Awesome. Oh, good music. Yeah. Uh, on May the 7th, Johnny Unitas, the yeah. American football player, the quarterback, you know, yeah, yeah. classic. On uh, June 11th, Gene Wilder. The actor, Willy Wonka. Yep. Um, Amongst other characters. Yes. Yeah, many others, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, on the 27th of July, Ted Whitten yeah. was born. Oh. On September 10th, Karl Lagerfeld, the designer, the fashion designer. And on the 26th of December, Ugly Dave Gray. <laughs> 
the is he that old? The television personality. Yeah. So yeah, the guy who was on like uh, Blankety Blanks yeah. with Graham Kennedy and all those oh, sorts of shows was born. Geez. So there you go. Nice. <laughs> and you got to tell us when someone like Hallmark or another Melbourne Cup winner comes through that is a like is related to somebody you know. You have to let us know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did um that'd be great. Did Farlap die in thirty three? Did he win it in thirty two? No, he won it. Yeah. It's recent. 31. Yeah, one in 31, and he died last year, 32. 32. Okay. Yeah. Mm. yeah. All right, so let's get to some Is league it? news. Yes. Because it's football season, and that's the reason it's the time of the year that we love. Um, so firstly, the league changed the method of calculating percentage. Oh. They uh, I, I don't know, I can't remember what it was beforehand, but they've gone for what we have now: point, points four, four divided by points, points against. against. Times I thought it was always that. No, apparently not. Okay, there you go. Um, the league agreed to further discussions with the VFA with a view towards merging the two leagues, which you know they had these on and off. Oh, and there's another conversation that happens later in the year, also. Yeah. Um, in March, the league decided to alter their original draw. Um, don't know why changing the the reverse of the games played is that so, it yeah because yeah. for the last about. couple of years it's been they replay the last few like from rounds 12 to 7 okay sorry 12 to 18 12 to 18 is the reverse of say 7 to okay 12 or whatever and i think they may have gone back to the reverse of 1 to 7 yeah, okay. yeah. Oh. um at a meeting of the Australian National Football Council, they adopt the flick pass rule. Oh, they brought it back. And consider a suggestion that the Governor-General open uh, each season at a ceremony in Canberra. Yes. And all that's called too impractical, and they, they ditched well, that yeah. idea. Good. <laughs> that's ridiculous. I love this one. In May... Let's oh. open the season in Canberra when it's all played in Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> it makes no well, sense. He has to come down. Um, in May, all 14 league umpires had their eyes tested by an oculist at Harrison House. Amazing. That's almost as good as the umpires now being sponsored by OPSM. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this is something else I found out about was they had a league ball at the end of the year, uh, and they had some interesting competitions at this oh, ball. Oh yeah. Um, Ray Martin of Richmond won the uh, the Victorian Footballers Dancing Championship. Okay. Uh, uh, they also had an ugly man contest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was won by W. Moody of Collingwood with 491 votes. Um, I think he must have As been... the league's ugliest man. Yeah, but I, he didn't play a, a league game. He must have been like an under-19s player oh. or reserve or something. Oh, but yeah, fair. an ugly oh, man contest. Oh. Imagine trying to get away with that now. <laughs> That's yeah. genius. Was he actually really good looking? I don't know. Yeah, maybe it was a bit tongue-in-cheek. I hope it was tongue-in-cheek. Oh, I, it seems. I, I didn't look for a picture of him, to be yeah. honest, but... <laughs> Ugly man contest. Send us in your what ugliest man. I might try and look him up now. Uh, w Moody. Okay, oh. then who would you call the ugliest man this season? Oh, oh we, I don't know if we can play that game. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Tim did. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Only when he's crying. We got an obvious one. Maybe one of the officials, maybe. Okay. Um, no, let's get stuck into the season, Kazman. Uh, here we go. In 12th place, Essendon with two wins, 16 losses. Last place. I know that's that's not a typo. Seventy-seven point one percent. Oh man! <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Below, well, I won't spoil it, but right at the bottom. Below every other team. <laughs> <laughs> Below everybody else. Um, so, captain coached by uh, Garnet Campbell again. Yeah. Their lead goal kicker was Ted Freyer with fifty-one. The uh, the 
shining light of the season was mm-hmm. their debutante. There, there was. Well, one of their debutantes. Yeah. A young man by the name of Dick Reynolds. Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah, I wonder why. Maybe because he goes on to win three Brownlows? Yeah. Could be that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, a few changes as well. Ruckman and Vice-Captain Joe Hammond had been injured the previous season and couldn't recover from that, so he missed the whole year again. And uh, Jack Vosti, who was our high-flying fullback, transferred to Footscray. Uh, 37 players were used this season, uh, meaning we lacked consistency. Yeah. But as you said, Dick Reynolds was the shining light. Uh, Dick Reynolds' mum said to him before the first game, uh, because they loved Hayden Button, the, the Reynolds oh, family. Yeah. Even though they're um, Carlton, Carlton supporters, they love the Hayden Button. If you're half as good as Hayden Button, you'll be good. Yeah, well... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. he was. He was yeah. more than half as good. We've... Um, so... Uh, Dan Eddy's got a great book about Dick Reynolds, which is where I've got a lot of the stuff about oh, him. So, um, shout out to Dan Eddy, who's, who's got a great book. Uh, round one, Essendon. What's lost it called? What's the book called? Yeah, King Dick. King Dick. Okay, great. King. And so, Dick Reynolds was he famous for that? For setting standards really high and like shooting for you know. I guess we'll find out, won't we? Okay, yes. there we go. I'm actually so reading it as we go. Like I, I'm not. Yeah. I read it year by year, so it, I'm, I'm not... It's fresh in your mind, in yeah. mind. and yeah. also you're not sort of giving us spoilers. Yes, yeah. round one, Essendon lost to Footscray by a goal. But Dick Reynolds made his debut in this game. His excellent fitness helped him in the fir- final quarter as he broke from the centre and ran on to land a neat drop punt. Uh, his flying shot being Essendon's ninth goal for the day. Um, the team, Sorry. however, blew a 15-point lead late in the game to lose by six points. Um, and Footscray's Ivan McAlpin taught Dick a lesson that day about getting enough speed. However, the media said to Reynolds that after his strangeness had worn off, he was going like a champion and should be too. So and he looks like a champion. After he, after he sort of got really to the fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, if you remember, Charlie, you and I went and spoke to Essendon champion Jack Jones. Yeah. He was at this game. Yeah, yeah, this that's the very right. First game he ever went to oh. was Dick Reynolds. Was Dick game. Reynolds' first game? That's right. So it was that memorable. He was really yeah. champion from the word. He well, Dick, Jack Jones would then go on to play with him. Yeah, in, in the future, in and the he was a, he was eight or nine at this stage, wasn't he? Like Something. he was a young man. Yeah, yeah. He was. yeah. Mm. Um, round two, Essendon held St Kilda at bay, despite Billy Moore kicking nine goals. One, uh, Clary Hearn kicked two goals in the last quarter to give the Essendon team a thirteen point win. Um, in round eight, in Essendon's fifty eight point loss to Geelong, um, Essendon was the first team to replace their time bell with a siren. Mm. However, it wasn't used again after this until nineteen forty nine. Oh, really? I can't work out why, no. <laughs> so another 16 years. Yeah. It just didn't work quite well enough. Yeah. They needed to get the technology right. Are um, we going to add something else? No, that no. was... Yeah, I had that as also. Cool. Round 17. So, look, a really long, long losing streak. 14 in a row. Oh. Round 17, Essendon played the highly fancied Fitzroy. Now, in the lead-up to this game, Dick Reynolds actually went to the workplace of Hayden Bunton, which was Floyd Gibson's, to watch him work, to kind of look at how he held himself, oh. noting the the balance and the way you know he held himself. Um, not and, and not during play, actually, just actually at his at work, workplace. Yeah. Where apparently lots of women would go and watch Hayden Button work as well. <laughs> okay. he just worked on the floor. Um, and Learn a thing I'll do off that button. Yeah, um, and he kind of noticed that to beat him, you'd have to run with him, not try and beat him on the ground. Yeah. Um, so in this game, Essendon had seven first-year players, and there were two late changes. And they're on a four game, fourteen game losing streak. However, Essendon overcame all these odds um, to create the upset of the season, beating third place Fitzroy by eight points in, at Windy Hill, mm-hmm. um, which was a surprise, as we'll find out about yeah. Fitzroy's team later. Uh, Fred Freya, uh, Ted Freya kicked four goals for the Dons, and their five goals to one last quarter sealed this win. 
Great last quarter. That lifted us off the bottom. Yep. Uh, for a showdown with Hawthorne in the final round, the loser. Well, and would at that in that last round, Hawthorne was sitting on the bottom after that win. They were, yeah. yeah. Um, and Essendon had the lead momentarily in the last quarter, but just mm-hmm. couldn't hold on. They to it. snuck a goal and then yeah, yeah uh, they Hawks lost to Hawthorne, consigning mm-hmm. them to a wooden spoon. Their lowest ever position at that time because yeah. they've won a wooden spoon before, but only when there were what ten teams, eight teams, yeah, yeah. nine teams, nine teams. They lost. Um, however, Bill Lowenthal played really well, and it was a surprise runner-up in the Brownlow this year as well, which maybe Moz might talk about later. Yeah, yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Silver lining. And we just mentioned them on uh, 73.3%. So a lower percentage, Tim, though, in 11th place. Hawthorne with three wins and 15 losses. Yes. So, again, captain coached by Bill Toomey. Their lead goal kicker was Ted Poole with 27. Uh, another short-lived nickna- new nickname this year. Have you seen their jumper? Yeah. The Mustard Pots. <laughs> look at their um, They reversed it. Yeah, so look at it. One season only. Yeah. Well, because much more mustard. Looks awful. <laughs> it looks horrible. Um, yeah, so they reversed the colours. It has always been uh, Not a portions. yellow V on a brown background. Yeah. Now it's a brown V on a yellow background. <laughs> it looks oh. horrible. Yeah. So it lasted for one year. The Mustard back, Pots. The Mustard Pots. Kind of like that name, though. Well, <laughs> it's, it's it inspires more fear than the Mayblooms. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So. Well, I mean, not by much, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can it be said that our table is mustard as well? <laughs> it is, actually, <laughs> under, under the coats. Mm-hmm. All right, so I've got a name for you, Kaz, a, a debutante. Okay. Roy Rodder. <laughs> yeah, big Roy Yeah, the alliterate. Roy. I like a good alliteration. Yeah. Um, he was a debutante. Now, actually, two tragedies at Hawthorne this year that I alluded to in the really? opener. Um, early in the season, they appointed St Kilda player Fred Flops Phillips as coach. <laughs> Don't know why he was called Flops. Uh, he was 27. He'd been a state player. Um, and early in the season, it was said he was inspiring his teammates at training. However, tragedy stu- struck when he suddenly died a week before their opening match. What? Yeah. Damn. So he developed an, a boil on his elbow. Yeah. Mm. That became septic because it was exposed uh, to die from the Hawthorne jumper. And yeah. he, he passed away. Another time the die in the sock or the jumpers yeah. caused issues. Yeah. It's like Dickie Lee. Although it's been a while since we've heard anything like that, hasn't it? Yeah, well, there was it? a Carlton player who... Was it a Carlton player or a Geelong player who died after getting some manure in a cup? Yeah. And that got septic as well. Oh. Um, so a new coach was needed quickly. They made some inquiries about Bill Toomey. He was up in stall um, and couldn't quite make it down for the start of the season. Um, so Arthur Rademacher, Rademacher took over as non-playing coach with Burt Mills acting as captain. Yep. So in round one, they actually played St Kilda. There was a minute silence held. Um, and Hawthorne managed to beat St Kilda by two points, making use of the wind. Mm. Uh, Bert Carey, playing his first game in the VFL since 1926, kicked five goals. Good on him. Uh, it was this, and it was Hawthorne's first ever win at the Junction Oval. Mm, it's been so hard for them. This is the last thing they need. Uh, oh, they've won so many wooden spoons. They haven't no. finished higher than 10th. They just can't take a trick. Um, round five was when Bill Toomey finally made it down from stall against Richmond. Uh, they would lose that game, however. Yeah. Not surprising. Round seven, Hawthorne won for the first time ever against Essendon. This time by nine points. Bill Toomey, however, injured himself in the uh, had injured himself in the previous game and coached from the sidelines. He wouldn't return until round eleven with Mills filling in as captain again. Um, so round nine, then uh, Bert Mills injured himself. So Norman Collins acted as captain. Oh my in this god! Big 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 loss uh, to Geelong. However, the second tragedy would strike. Uh, Norman Collins would play one more game and then. He too would pass away. He uh, ended up taking his own life. Oh, oh no! Really Things sad. Are hard. 
Uh, round 10, Lawrence Osmiston Cordner, half-brother of Alan Cordner, played his only ever game for Hawthorne against Collingwood. Yeah. He kicked a goal. Good on him. But he hurt his ankle in this match, and as a result, his employer forced him to choose between his employment and football. Okay. And being the depression still. He chose employment. He chose employment, which, yeah. yeah. And would never again play league football. Yeah. Oh, lucky it was only one game for Hawthorne. Yes. Yeah, and can't then, have their sullying their name. <laughs> the Gordon name. Yes. <laughs> well, keeping it what? To university and Melbourne. And Melbourne, that's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. The two amateur clubs. <laughs> um, round 18, Hawthorne beat Melbourne in the final. Sorry. Yes, uh, Hawthorne beat Essendon. Yes, they did. Yeah, yeah. Just because it's usually <laughs> Melbourne. By five points to lift themselves off the bottom of the ladder and avoid back-to-back wooden spoons. Yeah. yeah. Good but, on them. As we just said, not on the bottom. <laughs> Melbourne in 10th place this season with 82% Charlie. Looking good. Looking much better. Really? <laughs> nope. You finished ninth last year. <laughs> yeah. You've gone 8th, ninth, 10th. You're getting progressively worse. Yeah, yeah it, sometimes it happens. <laughs> yeah. You need that. I, I believe in consistency. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. Supporters know what to expect. <laughs> yes. Take the little wins. <laughs> okay. So, um, uh, captained by uh, Pop Vine, Fred Pop Vine, he took over from um, Ivor Warren Smith, yep. who's retired, um, and coached by the great man, Frank Checker Hughes, come over from Premiership, coach. Premiership coach from Richmond, come over, as we good. alluded to last year, Percy Page, the ex secretary at. Richmond was uh, convinced to come across uh, the year before, and he's in turn convinced Checky Hughes to come across. Oh, um, their lead, our lead goal kicker was Bob Johnson with 62. The young man, George Margatich, was only just behind him with 52. A uh, couple of good um, debutants here. Um, Eric Tarzan Glass. Ooh. Good nickname, that. That's all they mean. Um, and also Colin Niven came across from Fitzroy. Okay. Oh. Destination club. Um, it was an interesting start to the year. As soon as Checky Hughes came across, he sacked 13 players yeah, immediately. Yeah, statement, isn't yeah, it? isn't it? And uh, demanded a lot more of the players who remained. Um, and the other thing that really... The big change that happened this year was the Fuchsias became the demons. Mm. So, What's the story? So Tim and I were talking about this. We can't, we're not 100% sure on the exact round, but um, at three-quarter break time when we were down, as we were in quite a lot of games this <laughs> year, um, in exasperation, Checky Hughes got the group together and said, come on, boys, lift your heads and play like demons. Yeah, you're mm. playing like a bunch of flowers. Yeah, lift like your demons. heads and mm. play like demons. And uh, so we we were talking Let's about start. it, Tim. You reckon? I reckon it, round two, either possibly. round two or against Richmond. Yeah, they played Richmond. They were down quite a bit, three quarter time, and then and they then, kicked. Then they got fired up. Obviously, actually no, maybe on. Oh, no, they played Geelong. Sorry. Yep. Um, they were down by five goals at three quarter time and kicked six goals in the last quarter. As a response, they still lost by mm. three yeah. goals. But yeah, but mm. yeah, but maybe and that's the could fire, potentially be yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, early on in the season where he's um, you know really driving Making different. Yeah, that's right. So he really did say that. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. him. So um, surprisingly, with sacking thirteen players, uh, only thirty four players were pl- played that year. So after he got rid of them, um, stuck with he stuck with the new crew. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Um, so round one, before they lost to Richmond in this game, the Melbourne players gathered in front of the members' pavilion to give a hearty three cheers for Sir Leo Cusson, MCC president. Uh, he'd been in office for 26 years, um, and he would die suddenly 16 days later. Oh, hmm. they shouldn't have quit. 
Is this when Bill McClellan takes over? Uh, After him, potentially? Potentially. Uh, Also in early 1933, Bill Timms was a candidate for the vacant Hawthorne coaching job, but his application for clearance was refused by the club and he stayed out stayed and played out his career at Melbourne hmm. round 7 another loss to Collingwood I can't, I can't remember how many in a row this is now it goes back to the 1926 does, grand it? final uh, in this game George Margatic kicked 2 goals 10 oh. at one point he was on no goals 8 <laughs> that is ugly uh, round 11 was a strong win for Melbourne over Hawthorne and this game saw Bob Johnson kick 12 goals 2 Oh, and yes. Percy Beams, who was this his first year? No, Percy per started yeah, 31, was okay. it? He kicked four goals straight, the two of them kicking seven goals between them in the final quarter onslaught. Um, and the ball Johnson kicked those 12 goals with was presented to him at a gala night at the Tivoli a few weeks later. Great. Love it. And finally, in round 18, George Margatic kicked 10 goals in the losing team performance against Collingwood at Victoria Park. Um, Bob Johnson had also 11 scoring shots in this game. <laughs> But Don't. I managed three goals eight. <laughs> Killer. That's too hard yeah. to get in there. So um, um, That's all I sort of came up with. Yeah. Did you have any other... No, no, it was sort of... As you said, we've got progressively worse, but uh, huge changes seed. you can see. You know, there's some name, names coming in. Well, things are gonna, seeds are being sown. Seeds are being sown. Mm-hmm. It's a red and blue print. Okay. It's happening. <laughs> um, not following the black, white and red blueprint. <laughs> print is St Kilda in ninth place so thankfully not too much higher um, 80.9% with 6 wins actually so a bit of a difference there between Melbourne and only 3 and 12 losses yeah so uh, captain by Colin Watson and coach by Colin Dean mm. their lead goal kicker was Bill Moore again with 66 I think this is his uh, third or fourth in a row yeah um one of their debutants was Colin Strang, a mm. Nick, uh, last name that we know. Gordon, and son of Bill, brother of Alan Duggan Gordon. He went to St Kilda. Mm. Yeah. There you go. Another uh, good, good debutant was George Schlitz. Yeah, ah, uh, Schlitz. Um, and Frank Roberts, who was the cousin of Jazz Leagues Gambetta. Hey, <laughs> far less interesting name. Yeah, I know, Frank Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> Um, now, remembering that a new committee had come in after the 32 season, so they really wanted to impress their supporters and kind of get things mm. changing, um, they did this by getting Colin Watson back from the bush. So he'd played the 25 season and then had left. And then a big dispute about him. Okay. There'd been a big dispute about Colin Watson leaving and, and the league had blocked him from playing in, I think it was Stall or somewhere up there. Okay. And there'd been a huge dispute. So he came back to the club after however many years it's been eight years um, they had a bit of a spring clean out Harold Matthews also resigned um, new players included Bob Kenner who sounded like a bit of a Joel Selwood type yep he was said to receive more free kicks for being grabbed around the neck than anyone else <laughs> <laughs> the myth has it from uh, Russell Holmesby's, Holmesby's book um, he'd grab his own neck in a pack and kind of reel out you're kidding to draw the eye of the umpire <laughs> myth has it <laughs> I love that I hope that's true um, another thing was they had a new jumper design. So you can see they've got the white sleeves now as well. Mm. And they've also got the St Kilda Crest. Ah, uh, yes. Shield, which is yes. the first time that appeared. Um, and I'll talk more on that later. Much more Former like Melbourne it. player Colin Dean was announced as co- captain coach on £4 a week and £3 for every game he played. However, 
after his third game in round three, he was made non-playing coach. Ah. Um, with Clary Hinson being selected as captain, which surprised a few people because he was described as a sound, unspe- unspectacular player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so this poor start to the year also saw uh, Dave McNamara resign in protest as part of the selection committee. He wasn't happy. Uh, the big silo. The big silo. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, round five is a pivotal moment in St Kilda history. Yeah. So playing North Melbourne at Junction Oval, the Saints were up against it. Billy Moore uh, broke two ribs. Clary Hinson had a broken ankle and they were off before half time. Early in the third quarter, Roy Bentz collided with a teammate and had to be removed. Jack Anderson was later knocked unconscious. Bill Roberts was felled twice. The Saints were down to 15 fit men, Kaz. Yeah, he was. Yeah, Billy Roberts was knocked out, like basically knocked out, managed to pick himself up and then got knocked out again. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, so they played the whole last quarter with 15 men, added two goals early and held on for the win. Uh, described as St Kilda's greatest ever moral victory. Yeah. Um, so much so the St Kilda committee ordered a badge of courage for all players. Isn't it amazing? So the new St Kilda president, as we talked about, they've had a clear out of the mm. board. Yeah, it looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, he was a Gallipoli veteran and naval war hero. <laughs> and he, de- he, mm-hmm. de- he described it as the greatest moral victory yeah. in the club's history. And yeah, the badge of courage. Yep. So each player got one of those. They're, they're, one of them's on display at the St Kilda Museum. I went and saw last week. Mm. Oh, fantastic! Um, and also, it's kind of now the meaning behind that crest. So it's ever since this season, it's been on been the jumper. On there. Oh, um, right. The crest serves as a symbol for St Kilda's courage in uh, in the face of adversity, especially at a time where the club had experienced minimal success. And there's a reason why it still features yes. on the red, white, and black jersey today to serve as a reminder to never give in even in the most dire of circumstances. Oh, thank God they've got something it's like good, that. It's good, isn't mm. it? So, and it's apparently the, the badge uh, has an inscription that, say, that says, is this right? St Kilda defeated North Melbourne with 15 men May 27th, 1933. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly what it says. Um, and there's also a song, isn't there, Kaz? There certainly is. There couldn't there possibly be. There's a song. A triumphant song. Should we have song. a listen? Please. Let's do it. North Melbourne came down to St Kilda They were confident of a win Colin Watson was injured at practice St Kilda put Matt Cave in Ball was bounced in the centre Downey leathered towards the sky Matt Cave went in to accept it Caught four stitches above the eye the game went on, the air was thick, the supporters jumped the fence. They had not found their footing when off came Tiger Benz. The forwards, they were going great, they would have kicked the score. But North Melbourne put the dirt in and broke the ribs of Billy Moore. Team were playing at their top. We'll beat them yet. I bet you how their hearts were broken when Hinson went off on stretcher.
What a song. Oh, love a good song. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a while. Um, it has. It's been far too long. Round 11 against St Kilda. Uh, sorry, against St Kilda were able to defeat Geelong at Junction Oval, um, which the, the Black Cats weren't very successful. They could beat them at, at, uh, Cardin- at Carayo, but they always struggled at Junction Oval. Um, a fast Saints team helping beat the Black Cats by 25 points. Nice. Round 13, St Kilda survived to beat Essendon by five points. It looked like Essendon was going to win. Uh, when Keith Forbes ran into goal to kick what would be the winning goal, but the kick grazed the post and the Saints won. And finally, against Carlton in round 18, Billy Moore kicked nine goals, taking his tally to 74 for the year. 74, yeah, I said 66 before and I knew that wasn't yeah. right. So, yeah, 74, mm-hmm. that's right. And Billy Moore's still got broken ribs floating around there at this stage, right? <laughs> probably. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, what an God. In eighth place, North Melbourne with seven wins, one draw. 10 losses and 85.2% North Melbourne. Yeah, so uh, captain coached this year by Dick Taylor. Their lead goal kicker was Tom Fitzmorris with 60. Uh, the second closest, Les Allen with 44. They had uh, 39 players play for them this year. So, yeah, a few. They and were going with it. They've also got a new jumper. Yes, they've gone back. So pre- It's been a long time. So previously they had the blue with the white V. Yes. Well, yeah, they've had that since 25, since, since 1925, come since oh. they've come in. Yeah. Um, but, but previous to that in the VFA, they had what we now know as the North Melbourne jumper, which yes. they changed uh, back to now, yeah. which is the blue and white vertical stripes. Yep. Thank goodness. <laughs> uh, another debutante for you, Kaz, Jack Diprose. Okay. I love it. Sophisticated. <laughs> Sorry, sophisticated. Yes. Um, For round- old money. Yeah. Round one, they had a draw with Fitzroy. In this game, Tom Fitzmaurice, former wrestling champion, yeah. uh, kicked six goals straight. The only You're good time... at giving away good goal kickers, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 is that... He won two flags with us. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is the only time North Melbourne ever drew with Fitzroy. Only time ever, ever. in history? Yep. Okay, good. Round six, North Melbourne beat Collingwood for the first yes. time in the VFL. Which the, was the first of any of the three. Yeah, the first mm. of Fitzroy Hawthorne, uh, Footscray Hawthorne and North Melbourne to do this. Yeah. A 16-point win over the Pies at Arden Street. And as a result, the team was given an extra 25 each. I don't know if that was... <laughs> shillings. Yeah. What's it? Is it slash 25? Is that shillings? I don't know. 25 shillings, let's say. Well, That's yeah. less than pounds, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Extra 25 <laughs> shillings each. We're just making it up. Their score of 17, 19, 121 stood for a long time as their best ever performance against Collingwood. In round seven, North Melbourne players were further awarded with 10 shillings each against Footscray with a 16-point win. Hey, Jack Rouse inspiring a second-half comeback. I might, uh, Yeah, okay. So how, where is this coming from? Because the culture law is in full effect now. So how are these bonuses being paid? That's a very good question. Yeah. Um, round 10, Fringe North bank. kept in touch with the top four with a win over Essendon. Uh, inaccurate kicking aiding North Melbourne. Essendon kicked nine goals, 21. Jeez. <laughs> uh, during the early stages of the second quarter, spectator Alice Mary Larkin, 48 of Arden Street, collapsed and died on her way to hospital. Why am I talking about so much death? Yeah, this you're year? really on top um, of it, yeah. This game also broke a run of nine Essendon wins over North Melbourne, dating back to 1927. Ah. Too bad. Poor Essendon. Well, finally, because you really screwed them early on oh, in yeah, there. Yeah. In there. <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> for a long time. So they're finally getting some back on you. Finally. <laughs> Following it closely there. You guys hate North Melbourne as well. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Melbourne hates Very much Melbourne. so. No, they mm. just keep beating us. <laughs> mm. 
Um, seventh place is Footscray with 11 wins as well. Um, oh, excuse me, not to that one. And and seven losses. 11 wins, seven losses. So no. Footscray and North have really clawed their way out of the out of the bottom. Move. Hawthorne, they've left Hawthorne in the mire, but uh, Footscray <laughs> and Hawthorne are looking good. So um, captained by Ivan McAlpine and coached by Bill Cubbins. Their lead goal kicker was Alan Rate with 59. Yep. Um, and a debutant that I had was Ambrose Palmer, yes. who was the previous Australian heavyweight boxing champion. Yep. Oh, I want him on your team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Stand- Alan, good standover man. Alan Wright <laughs> was also a debutant that year as well. He kicked 12 goals in a practice game oh, leading into God. the season. Get him in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, round two, uh, Ambrose Palmer made his debut in a loss to South Melbourne. He played halfback flank and mm. was amongst the best displaying the strength that would be expected of an expert pugilist. Mm, yes. Pugilist meaning boxer. Boxer, fans. yes. That is something good to me. <laughs> I had to look it up. <laughs> um, round four, Footscray beat the Mustard Pots by 37 points with oh, Alan Rage kicking eight goals. The rest of this entire so sh- show. It is so them. shocking. Yeah. Uh, round three, I'm going backwards here. Footscray upset Richmond, 50 to 34 at Western Oval. The day was wet and didn't help the Tigers' high marking and systematic playing style. It was Footscray's first victory over Richmond mm. at that ground. Oh. Also, Ambrose Palmer knocked seven people out. No, he, no, <laughs> no, he didn't really. Uh, and round nine, Footscray won a cracker against Collingwood by five points at home. Oh, so another team beat Collingwood. Another of the yes, so that was, yeah, as we said, round nine. Yep. It only took three, three rounds for someone else to knock yeah. them off. Or someone, one of the new, one teams, of the new yeah. teams to knock them off, yeah. Um, so we should say, actually... Uh, prior to that Footscray, uh, the North Melbourne one that we talked about before, Collingwood had won the first 37 meetings against the three yeah. new clubs. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Footscray beat Collingwood. So at the halfway mark of the season, they were two points out of the four. Uh, and then would have a very inconsistent second yeah. half of the season. There was a bit of that this year. Like a few clubs sort of vying for the that fourth spot in the four mm. at different points in the season. Uh, yeah, so Footscray's season kind of petered out. There was no other real highlights mm. I could see no. following that. Mm. Yeah, like you said, Charlie, <laughs> with 11 wins and seven losses, was Collingwood above them with 112.9%. Six? Collingwood, sixth. What? Mm. That, right? that can't That's be right. right. Engine spluttering badly. Lost. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, it surprises no one. Captain by Sid Coventry, coached by Jock McHale, their lead goal kicker, Gordon Coventry, with 104. Um, no, sorry, 108. I mean, that's their consistency. 108. Is obviously one of the reasons why they're so successful, isn't it? Uh, yes. So, a couple of things um, happened with Collingwood this year. Albert Collier came back. Uh, biggest recruit of the season. Yeah, huge. Oh, yeah. So, he's come back from Tassie. No? Yes? Yeah, yeah, Tazzy, yeah. yeah. Um, he almost went to St Kilda because St Kilda were offering him work. Really? And Collingwood couldn't find work for him mm. until at the last minute they found him a job. Because that's the reason he left for Tazzy in the first Money, place. Yeah. yeah. So they found him a job and he went back to the woods. Okay. So, yeah, that was a story I heard. Oh, and uh, another debutante for them was a man by the name of Albie Panham. Yes. Ah. Son mm. of early magpie chap Charlie Panham. Yes. And the he son. goes on to kick more than 450 goals oh, for go. Collingwood. Brother of uh, Charlie Panham, the Collingwood slash South Melbourne. Yes. Player who had to sit out for, what was it, three, four three, seasons? Yeah, exactly. Very niggly player. Um, and the other thing I had uh, was Jack Reagan. He okay. fi- uh, yep. Talking about the uh, 
moving a bit into the carnival. Yeah. He finally got a spot. He finally got uh, rewarded for his amazing uh, backmanship as the best back in the league. He got <laughs> rewarded as, as a spot in the state team as a forward. Yeah. But, <laughs> but he, got trans- he got moved back almost straight away. Well, that's where... He- that's kind of where that fullback started because I feel like what I read was he was selected as a forward but played fullback and impressed so much that when he came back to the Collingwood, that's where Mikhail kind of started playing. Playing him in the back line. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah. I thought he was already oh. playing in the back line for he, them. He had been. Remember he played against Billy Moore yeah. and Bill Moore kicked 10 goals against him at Big Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he probably got dropped for that or something. Mm. Um, a few other debutants as well. Elf Andrew Street was another interesting name I found, a good hyphen name. And Norm Lebrun who oh, yeah. was another player with Aboriginal descent. Ah. Good. Who, yeah, we're we getting into that many of See, them. We, yeah, we, well, I wonder whether it's that we don't... Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know because they're not playing or because it's just not mentioned that they've got Aboriginal descent. I've also heard that uh, Vic Thorpe was had possibly Aboriginal had descent. Aboriginal descent as well, but there's no... There's proof. no... Yeah, yeah, so there's a great book that we want to get our hands on isn't there about indigenous players in the early days really yeah I can't remember the name of it but hopefully we can find it okay and if we do we'll be giving it a big yeah a big run yeah yes um so a very up and down start to Collingwood season round five Collingwood won a thriller over rival Carlton by four points team was quite inaccurate but Gordon Coventry kicked eight goals one um, as a result of this fight back, Gordon Coventry, Jack Beveridge, Frank Kelly, and Albert Collier all received a new hat. <laughs> <laughs> One to share between them? Or? <laughs> uh, round nine, the Pies again had inaccurate kicking, kicking seven goals, 18, going down to Footscray. There's a lot of inaccurate kicking Three this goals, year. 10 in just the second quarter. Yeah. And they received a new hat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, round 10, they beat the Hawks. Oh, sorry, they beat the mustard pots easily. <laughs> kicking a point and then 12 goals straight in the first half. Gordon kicking uh, eight of them himself to finish with nine goals too. Uh, round 11, Gordon Coventry would have a day out against the Bombers. Kicking 15 goals, eight. You heard right. You heard 15 right. 15 goals, eight. This is the breakdown. First quarter, five goals, three. Second quarter, three goals, one. Then two goals, one. And then five goals, three. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Uh, round 15, Collingwood upset Richmond at Vic Park by 38 points. This, their system of playing was better. Their system and playing better to position won the game. Harry Coventry was acting as captain in his 150th game and was chaired off. Uh, round 17, the Pies kicked the season's highest score, 25 goals, 15, 165 to uh, beat North Melbourne's 121. Coventry again kicking nine goals in this game. And finally, in the final game of the season, Coventry kicked ten goals against Melbourne to bring up his century of goals. Um, And in this game also, I think, was Margatich. George Margatich kicked kicked ten as well. Um, Which kind of reminded me of the shootout at the G when uh, it was Ablett and Salmon kicked. Yeah, that's right. Nine and eight, wasn't it? Twelve and ten. Oh, twelve and ten. So I don't think there's many other instances of two players kicking Kicking, double figures. No. Um, 89 grand final? No. No one kicked double then. Um, oh no! Sorry, not double. Yeah, but there were two. It was a bit of a. No, it wasn't. No. Yeah. So, um, yeah, disappointing for Collingwood to finish off the season out of the finals, but they're kind of rebuilding and rejigging things. Yeah. Well, I mean, which is what Jock at, does. Which is what you got to do after you win four four flags and your list is old and mm. older and slower. Yeah. You've mm-hmm. got to start moving stuff around, don't yeah. you? Mm-hmm. Mm. Wasn't nice of Melbourne to let them have that to let Gordon have his hundred goals. <laughs> <laughs> um, in fifth place, Fitzroy with. 11 wins, 
one draw, like you said, that infamous draw, um, and six losses. Charlie, so, so close. Yes. So, captained by Jack Sexton and coached by Frank Ma, their league goal kicker, Jack Moriarty with 70, the ninth and last time that he won the most goals kicked yeah. at Fitzroy. Nine seasons he kicked the most goals for he's, them, He's the leading goal kicker of all time. Yeah. No one ever kicked more goals than him. <laughs> he's unbelievable. <laughs> um, debutant this year yeah. for Fitzroy, a man by the name of Dan Murray. Uh, yes. Heard of him? No, no, I haven't. But no. that's not unusual. I you've, heard, you've heard the Murray name associated with Fitzroy, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's yeah. the father. Oh, no way. Cool. It's his dad. I've got to read that book. Yeah. Um, look, yeah, um, Fitzroy were really the surprise package of the year, weren't they? They sort of, they looked really good. I mean, we, you, I mean, you look at some of the names on this on their list. Jack Moriarty, Hayden Bunton, um, Doug Nichols. Kev Smallhorn. Chicken yeah, Chicken Smallhorn. Smallhorn. Yeah, exactly. So... It's it's, surpri- it's surprising that they haven't been very good, yeah. but they came out swinging this year. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting year for Fitzroy. So round one, as we said, they drew. Scores were level with five minutes to play before Maroons captain Jack Sexton was injured and carried off. Llewellyn then goaled for North before Fitzroy scored a point, and then after a pass from Hayden Bunton, Jack Moriarty scored a goal. Listen to that. Johnny little. Lewis hmm. scored an equalising point for the Ruse. Uh, and the, the game ended there with the scores level. Um, Captain Jack Sexton was seriously injured, so much so he would play. He would not play for the rest of the season, and Jack Moriarty took over as captain, most experienced player in the team. Um, luckily, Frank Curico was a ready-made replacement for Sexton, so he Beautiful. came into the team. Round two, in a battle of traditional rivals, Fitzroy would get a win over Collingwood by 25 points, Moriarty kicking 10 goals, three. Smallhorn and Bunton also starring here. Uh, round three, Fitzroy... As, I mean, as they were go- always going to, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Fitzroy sat top of the table after a big win at St Kilda, side kicking 15 goals in the second half. Uh, Doug Nichols proving to be particularly skillful in the wet. And then round four, um, the Maroons won again. Three-point win over the Demons. I can call them the Demons. You can now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, however, it would be a very different... It could have been very different as the umpire, umpire McMurray... Let play continue for 30 seconds after the bell rang. He didn't, yeah, hear, didn't hear it, yeah. Uh, George Which, Margatich had a shot for goal in that time but just missed. Yeah, I thought there was... A, didn't we talk about this a couple of years ago that because this was a thing that had started happening, that it was decided that it was gonna they were going to call the game when the bell rang, not when the umpire blew the whistle. Something like this, but you still but got to hear it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I guess you can't... Yeah, what yeah. can you do? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, imagine the the outcry if they if George mm. Margatich had to kick that. Yeah. Mm. Um, but then round five, they crashed back to earth, and we'll hear more about this when we talk about the next team. Round nine, Fitzroy had a strong win over South Melbourne, Moriarty kicking six goals two, the team kicking six goals straight to end the third quarter in that one on the game. Round 10, Maroons were smashed by Carlton at Brunswick Street over by 43 points. Hayden Bunton was well beaten by Ansel Clark around the ground, um, which was a highlight of the game for Carlton supporters. So Ansel covered him. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, round 13, Fitzroy made it a clean... <laughs> Sorry, are you with me? Yeah, good. I'm not. <laughs> oh, well, it's been a very long time. <laughs> Ansel? No? <laughs> Covering things. Okay. Don't very worry. Very tightly. Gotcha. <laughs> um, oh, sorry. Round, th- smiling. <laughs> <laughs> round 13, Fitzroy made it a clean sweep of Collingwood for the season with a one-point win over the Pies at Victoria Park. 
stop laughing. <laughs> in the final minute of this match, Chicken Smallhorn capped off a stellar solo effort when he gained the ball in the centre, ran towards goal, eluded two opponents and snapped the winning behind. Coventry kicked four goals three and Horry Edmonds no goals seven for the Oof, Pies. Killer. Uh, Fitzroy then had a big win over St Kilda, adding nine goals four in the second quarter to set up a big percentage boosting win. Um, but this season would really... they they then lose their round 17 game to Essendon. To Essendon, which Bottom, we talked about yeah, before. Hadn't won for 14 weeks. They got knocked off in a match they would have been heavily favoured to win. Well, and this would have... Um, they were sitting third before yeah. the start of round seventeen, and they would have uh, they would have basically locked their spot in the in yep. the t- in the finals if mm. they'd won this. Um, round eighteen, they played. They needed to beat Richmond to make finals and hope that South beat Geelong. Oh. However, Richmond was far too good, winning this game by forty eight points. Oh. Um, and the story of this season for Fitzroy is just inconsistency. They yeah. had these great wins and they had a few winning streaks, but then they'd have these massive losses that just wouldn't. And also to, to teams that they really shouldn't lose to yeah. a bit of the time as well. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So that was yeah, a really a blown chance there for Fitzroy and some of their absolute superstars. Mm. Mm. Okay. Well, moving up into fourth place, G- into the finals. That's right. Geelong with 12 wins, six losses, uh, 130.4%. Nice big percentage there. Yeah. So, uh, captain by Reg Hickey and coach by Arthur Coglin. So, that's their third coach in three years. Yeah. Uh, their lead goal kicker was George Maloney with 68. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's yeah. All about Here's a good debutante for you Lindsay Lamb. Ah, nice. <laughs> Another nice good alliteration. Lamb. I love it. <laughs> um,. Yeah, Geelong just creeping into the top four there, as you said, Kaz. Yeah, half a game and um, a bit of percentage. Yeah, so even if Fitzroy yeah. hadn't have drawn that game in round one, they still yeah. would have missed out. There's big wins in Korea again, I'm out of the line. Yeah. <laughs> uh, round five. So they had a really good start to the season. Uh, they won their f- they lost their first game, then won their next four. Round five, they faced an unbeaten Fitzroy Korea Oval. Uh, the Black Cats held them to four behinds until quarter So this time. is what you mentioned so before, this is what yeah. This so at quarter time, Fitzroy had scored only four points. They added 11 goals, nine themselves in that quarter. Oh. They then held Fitzroy goalless for the first 70 minutes of the game. It sounds like last week's grand final. <laughs> yeah. In the Giants. Uh, scoring. They ran out 104-point winners. It sounds a little bit like uh, when Western Bulldogs kicked 21 in a row against Essendon also earlier. <laughs> uh, Do you remember that game, Tim? <laughs> Hardiman and Troughton kicked That's, four goals each. Round better. seven. <laughs> <laughs> a good test for Geelong. Uh, they were able to best the Bloods by six goals in, in Geelong. However, this win would come at a cost with Kaji Green Yeah, I was about to retiring say. following this yeah. game. His knee just not standing yep. the rigours of the, the That's game. That's it. He only played those first seven games of the season. Yeah, and he remember, I think it was the previous season, or the he, year before he, he'd done his knee yes. quite badly, and mm. he never fully recovered. Yeah. Well, he's coming back, but yeah, down. there's only so much you can do. Uh, and another issue with the umpires in round 10, uh, Footscray, sorry, the umpire got quite irate as he blew the whistle time and time again to get the game started, while Geelong players sat patiently for a team photo on the field. <laughs> this is the very start of the game. Good. I'm not even in position. No. Um, the and then round 16, the last thing I've got to add, Kaz, sorry, yep. is uh, in Geelong's loss to Fitzroy, Reg Hickey broke his collarbone just before the first quarter break, thus ending his season. Ugh. As a player. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he wasn't coach, so it doesn't... I don't know why I've said that. No, but yeah, he was captain. Yes. So yeah, mm. if, as... Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. He stopped. <laughs> Carry well, on. It yeah. sounds like he... <laughs> hopefully he comes back from that one. In third place, K. 
Carlton with 13 wins and five losses, 114.4%. Uh, so, there again. captain by Frank Gill, coached by Dan Minogue, mm. and their lead goal kicker, Harry Soapy Valance, with 84. Um, the, n- the next closest was the uh, the young man we mentioned before, Ansel Clark, with 27. Yep. Um, yeah, and uh, they had 33 players play for them that year. Yeah, so pre-season, there was talk... Of, so Colin Martin, their previous captain, had decided to retire, and there was talk of Mocker Johnson taking over, but um, he stood aside and said Frank Gill should be captain. Around one, they played the highly fancied South Melbourne, which we'll get to shortly. Mm. Uh, Sophie Valence kicked seven goals, three. Um, and as is the way with Carlton fans at Princess Park, stones were thrown. Hey. The crowd striking several <laughs> players and umpire Percy Ellingson. It's a shame they don't do it anymore. Yeah. Uh, another recruit. <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> Let, well, yeah. It's part of the game. Les <laughs> Houston crossed to Carlton this year after two seasons with Collingwood, two at Hawthorne, and a few years in the VFA. He'd, he'd had a bit of a lengthy clearance row. Uh, another return for round one was Tommy Downs. Oh, yeah. Um, after being suspended for, what was it, a year and a half? or mm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. As you do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, round two, the Blues were lucky to beat the Mustard Pots, who almost stole the game from them. <laughs> <laughs> the sour note was Tommy Downs breaking his his wrist. He'd miss the next ten you, games. You're kidding! Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he played, yeah, hadn't played a game in what, a year and a half and breaks his wrist in round two. Round six against Melbourne, captain Frank Gill was reported for striking Bob Johnson and suspended for eight weeks. Mocker Johnson would now take over the captain. He was <laughs> yeah. absent mm-hmm. uh, against St Kilda in round seven. They kicked set ten goals straight to win the game, put them back in the top four. Round eight, Soapy Valance kicked nine goals two as they beat Footscray. Round 10, Carlton won the game of the season against Richmond at Princess Park before 43,000 people. A goal was the difference at half-time and three-quarter time, but a brilliant game with spectacular marking, fine handballing and excellent field-kicking won them the game. Round 14, they then suffered an embarrassing 73-point loss to Geelong. Um, Leading into the final two games, they sat fifth. Carlton needed to win to make finals. Uh, Tommy Downs was struggling with form and he asked to be dropped. He told the club he would retire but would keep training in case he was needed. Oh. And they would win those final two games to sneak go. into the... To sneak into, into the, the third, four. Yeah, the third well, place. Yeah, they yeah. game. So. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they, they beat Melbourne in round 17 by 64 points and then St Kilda in round 18. So they, so didn't, they didn't really sneak in, did they? Yeah. Mm. But Fitzroy losing Essendon would have definitely helped them out as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, Ansel would have helped them to sneak in. Absolutely. He's good like that. Sam is not more about him. I know. Um, uh, so, second place, um, South Melbourne with 13 wins and five losses. So, the same as Carlton. Their percentage, 127.5, which is quite a little bit yes. more. But uh, coming right back in there again, South Melbourne. Uh, good to see them back where they rightfully belong, maybe. They, they've they? been yeah, down a good. little bit for a few years. It's good to see them by the... Uh, the Lakeside Boys back there. I like it. Uh, so, captain coached by for the first year by the uh, ex-Richmond Ruckman Jack Bissett. Uh, their lead goal kicker was Bob Pratt with 109. Mm. I'm a, now, big... am I right here in saying that he's only the second man to kick over 100 in a season? Didn't um, the Geelong player kick it a year or two ago? 
maybe I missed it. Maybe it was last year. Maybe I wasn't Memorable, there. Maybe. Memorable. A feat, though, in itself. Um, lots to say about South. Yeah, really interesting, um, wasn't it? So a debutante who we'll speak lots more about was Laurie Nash. Yes. Who also played Test Cricket for Australia. Uh, in fact, he'd played it earlier uh, or later the year before yep. against uh, South Africa in yep. South Africa. Um yeah, it just and lots and lots of new players for the club over the last couple of years. Yeah, so that continuation of the foreign legion. As we mentioned, I think we said it at the end of the thirty-one season. Even though they finished, I think six or something. No, oh, six. Yeah. Yeah. The president at the time, Jack Regan and Archie Crofts, who was the vice president. Remember, who he he left for a while because he didn't like the drinking at the club. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. But then he's come back this year <laughs> as president. So Jack Regan stood down, knowing that Crofts. The uh, the supermarket Mogul. magnate yeah. that he is uh, was able would be able to do a lot more for the yeah. club and uh, continued to bring guys across. Yeah, Sam Gropers really clever. Yeah. Um, so captain coach of the previous season had been Johnny Leonard. Yes, he'd been lured back to WA. Yeah, by well, he, interestingly, he worked for Faulkner. Before he worked for yeah, Faulkner, so he got, got lured away from Melbourne. Yeah, back to, to WA. Back to South Australia. Was, no, it, was it WA? Perth. Uh, Perth yeah. oh, okay. Yep. By Faulkner, um, yeah. And he actually recommended Jack this yeah, as captain. Take coach. over. Other new recruits included Jim Brum O'Meara yes. from East Perth, Subiaco's Johnny Bow, uh, Wilbur Harris, and Aussie Bertram from West Torrens in Sandville. Yep. Um, and you talked about Laurie Nash, but they also Laurie Nash, Frank Davies. Frank Davies from Tasmania, yeah. and there was Jack Wade from South Australia. Okay. Was he already? He could have potentially already been there. This is Possibly. just a list of guys yeah. that they got over those last couple of years. So how were they, how could they do this without some mm. of the Coulter law? Well, this risky. is the thing they were saying. Th- there were a lot of people saying you've got to look into this because yeah. there's no way they can do this with the Coulter yeah. law. But realistically, it was. It was Crofts offering them all jobs, yeah. basically running busy, running some of his supermarkets. It was, it was Chris Judd's busy deal. Yeah, um, it was really interesting. Um, actually, reading about it because it what they weren't well much not like Chris Judd's busy deal really because yeah. they were actually made to work. Yeah, yeah, too. Um, where is it? So Hang the on. rules of being in employment, not yeah, conflicting. So he with w- the he was giving them giving them jobs, running his shops and things. Uh, someone, one of the players... Was the manager of a shop. I read that too. Yeah, Fowl was one of the... Um, a little bit cushy. Managed though. his shop and and he wrote him a letter asking for time off so he can get to training. Yeah. And he goes, in a, in a letter back, he goes, Dear sir, my attention has been drawn to your request that you should be allowed the necessary time to enable you to attend football training. And I desire to remind you that when you were appointed a branch manager, it was explained that your added responsibilities would make training for football very difficult. It's impracticable to allow managers continual time off as they are held responsible for the stock in their shops and the maintaining of a satisfactory (laughs) balance. Mm. So you're getting players across by offering them jobs and then you're saying, well, it might be pretty hard for you to play (laughs) because it's pretty amazing. Um, So also this year... South Melbourne also gained the nickname that we kind of now know them as as yeah. well. Yeah. So, they, well, they really got two in the last couple of years. The yeah. Foreign Legion had already yep. sort of begun, but yep. it was gain, gaining more uh, traction. Yes. But also the Swans. Yeah. They became the, the Swans. So they became the Swans. Yeah. The journalist. Because, Kaz, uh, so Hector Lacey suggested they should be called Swans because of how many West Australians they had in their league. The oh, Black fantastic. Swans. Fantastic. No yeah. way. 
Um, so I mean, it's, it's annoying seeing really them get up so high because of that, but uh, it, they've managed yeah. to get that now. And then Alex Gurney also drew a cartoon, which I uh, have here, oh, which yes. kind of added fuel to that fire here. That's fantastic. Yeah, so, so they, about, they're about them kicking... Is that, that the one? No, this one's where it says, you know, where's your mascot? Fred's worried South Melbourne are without a mascot. And then it says, considering so many of South players hail from WA, whose symbol is a swan, mm. and there are also swans in Albert Park Lake. <laughs> well, that's where oh, I thought that. Yeah, that's cool. what I thought the name had come from. So that's Fred really interesting. Says, Why not cross a West Australian swan with an Albert Park swan? Then South would have a mascot all to themselves. Well, there was another, and the, continuing on from that, there was another one that I heard about that I couldn't find of before. Um, the, the, before like the finals uh, a swan sitting on top of a nest of footballs yeah. saying Aww. the swans are hatching a plan to yeah, win okay. ah, fantastic. so yeah, <laughs> yeah so it, re- it became their na- it became their name yeah yeah. still yeah. still is they didn't have yeah. a mascot so it yeah. stuck alright so um, highly fancied team yeah before um, the season before the season but here we go so round one they went down to Carlton in a thriller Rob Bob Pratt kicking five goals, ten. Laurie Nash made his debut. Highly rated Laurie Nash. Mm. Barely made a peep in the first game. Um, And then they won their second game. Before their round three game, Austin Robertson, who was a champion sprinter. Yes. um, He told the team he was leaving for for the US to take on uh, Olympic champion Eddie Tolan in a series of... uh, Foot races across America. Um, So Laurie Nash would take his position at halfback. Kind of worked in their favour in the end. Yeah. Ah, there you go. Um, but then they had three wins in a row, and then three losses in a row. So things were kind of falling apart. It's a little bit like um, we we're talking before the basketball when LeBron went to Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. LeBron and Dwayne a Wade whole bunch of stars. Bosch, they didn't, didn't know how to play, play together. Yeah, it took yeah. Them a while to find their form. Uh, round nine, following a shock loss to Fitzroy, South Melbourne sat in eighth position at the midway point of the season. Uh, two and a half games out of the four. This is their third loss in a row. And then they wouldn't lose again. Oh, yeah, yeah. From this point on. Um, it also reminded me a bit of their 2005, the Sydney Swans, yeah, where yeah, yeah. they were the ugly ducklings and they had a really poor start to the season and Demetrio yeah. called them ugly and didn't like Yeah, because it was playing. ugly football, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this doesn't sound like ugly football for no. what happened. Uh, but it just reminded me of that. Round 11, <clears throat> Bob Pratt kicked 11 goals in a win over North Melbourne. Beautiful. He would follow this up in round 12 with 11 against Carlton. <laughs> round 13, South easily accounted for Footscray at the Western Oval. In the second quarter, Peter Revel accidentally bumped field umpire Jack McMurray, uh, who was senseless for a minute or so. The South star then shook hands with him when he had recovered and apologised. That's all right, yeah. the umpire. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Round 14, South overcame a sluggish start to real Collingwood in at Lakeside Oval. I think they were down by 42 points. Now, I've got a, a, a note here saying the potentially another goal... After the siren. Yes. Yeah, okay, good. Um, in a somewhat controversial win, mm. <laughs> umpire Ellingson didn't hear the bell the first few times and awarded a mouth, awarded a mark mm. to South's Terry Brain. He then blew time as Brain took his kick, kicking straight and winning the game for South by one goal. Yeah. yeah the first time they'd beaten the Collingwood team since 1924. Um, Bob Pratt didn't kick a goal until the third quarter in this game as well. Yeah. Uh, interesting to note that... Oh, it worked him out. Fourteen. Would he have been? He would not have been playing on uh, Jack Regan at that stage. <laughs> round four. Uh, round seventeen. South beat the Mustard Pots. <laughs> Nash in this game kicked six goals. 
Oh. Uh, but shortly after halftime, he was kicked in the hand and had two fingers fractured. Oh, God. Uh, Bob Pratt also missed this game with a cold, hence Nash kicking six goals. So did you say Nash was moved down to the back line? Now he's yeah. kicking goals. Oh, he's well, because Bob Pratt was missing because he had a cold. Of Round 18 saw the Swing Foreign man. Legion really hitting their stride to end the season. They t- took care of fellow finalist Geelong by 109 points. Wow. Bob Pratt and Peter, Neal, Peter Revel kicked seven goals each, Aussie Bertram five. Uh, Laurie Nash, Nash was rested with his hand in plaster during this game. Glorious season. South Melbourne, yeah. Uh, can I please ask? Um, so this Lakeside Oval, is that still... Where, where's that now? Is that still, still there? there? Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's yeah. a soccer stadium. Yep, now. it is. Yeah. Uh, okay, great. Yep. Nice. You can go visit. It's on the way to Charlie's house. I will be riding past yeah. in a minute. Um, <laughs> in... Not hopefully too soon. Um, finally, in first place, the roaring... Steely-eyed Tigers, <laughs> Richmond, with 15 <laughs> wins and three losses, 141.1%. Charlie, all the uh, the domestic cats, as one uh, mm. one one uh. cartoon called them later in the season. Yeah. Uh, oh. So, captained by Perce Bentley and coached by Billy Schmidt, mm. their lead former, goal kicker, uh, former player Billy, Billy yeah, Schmidt. yeah, was cool. Doug Strang with 51. Uh, Sharing it around, master. Yeah. So they didn't want to let uh, Checker Hughes go, but... They had no choice. Until the end of January to to approve him. He saw the grass was greener on the other side. (laughs) That's That's, right. I want a premiership here. I guess I can't get any better. No, I'll go and turn around a bloody basket case. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then in February, they also refused to clear Jack Baggett to coach Fitzroy. So they ended up appointing... Well, he kept Baggett and they kept uh, Billy Schmidt as their coach, who was Ah, a former player. There you go. Who'd crossed the St. Kilda and then came back to Richmond, if you remember. Seems like they made the right decision. Round one, Richmond opened their season by defeating the Frank Checker Hughes coached Melbourne team at the MCG. Yes, they did. Extending mm. their winning streak to 11 games against the, uh, the then Fuchsias. Good for them. Why is <laughs> Stop smoking. Round two, the wife of Barney Herbert. Yes. Richmond's president unfurls the 1932 premiership pennant <laughs> before the Tigers game against North Melbourne at Punt Road. Uh, of course they won um, that. <laughs> now, considering... At the moment, in 2019, um, Peggy O'Neill is the president. Oh, yeah. Would her husband have to unfurl the flag? I'd like to think so. Yeah. Yeah. Is she married? I don't, we don't know. I think she is. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll run that past uh, Rhett, see what he thinks. Yeah, I'd like that. Uh, Richmond extended their consecutive winning streak to 12 matches, which is a record equaled last weekend. There you go. 12 in a row is their, is their record. Um, they won this game by 94 points. Horry Farmer kicked six on debut for his That's team. That's huge. Um, following the game, Vice Captain Basil McCormack was disqualified for six matches for elbowing Johnny Lewis. Round four, uh, Richmond's 19-point win over Magpies uh, saw Collingwood's Gordon Coventry fall on and injure Alan Getty's forearm during the last quarter. He'd miss the next four game, next three games. Uh, round seven, 29,500 people went to watch Richmond play Fitzroy at Brunswick Street Oval. Tigers came from behind. The Maroons were up by three goals at the half. Their tactic of keeping the ball low effectively negated Richmond's aerial game. Hefner kicked the winner for the Tigers. The bell rang, but rang only once as timekeepers broke the tongue of the bell with an almighty swing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, In this game, Moriarty didn't kick a goal and Hayden Button kicked four behinds. Oh, God. Well, that, yeah. Doesn't help you, does it? No, it certainly doesn't. I love hearing about Richmond's play style. 
Mm. Round eight, uh, Richmond defeated South Melbourne by five points. Uh, umpire Jack McMurray awarded a free kick against Richmond's fullback Maurice Sheehan in the dying seconds of the game. Yes. McMurray supposed that Sheehan took too long to kick out. Yeah. It, it's a, oh. I was trying to find this before was... when we were talking about the Souths. Yeah. So he had the ball in the square. And I think you put it down for a place yeah. kick. Also, I, don't, I don't know what the story was, but apparently he had it for more than 20 seconds. And go. so he reversed it. Yeah, he gave it to Bob Pratt, who popped through an easy goal. Yep. Um, in the week following this, the VFL ruled the umpire, McMurray's, decision to award the free kick um, was incorrect, and the ball was not in play until actually taken. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, so you yeah. can just sit out of the game for as long as you want. Well, that's it. So, yeah, it doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, it's um, a bad look for the game. It's yeah, well, luckily the, it didn't change the result. Yes. Mm. Round nine, Richmond beat Essendon by 51 points. A spectator named Stanley Porter is concussed after he was hit on the head by the ball. <laughs> he then requested that the ball be presented to him. So at the next committee meeting, the club decided to do that. The I love following it. Week, uh, yeah, so they gave it to him. Good on him. He's a legend now. The following week, in its win against St Kilda, Richmond kicked exactly the same score as they had the week before. So around nine and ten, they kicked 16 exactly goals, the 14, same. 110. That's crazy. That's a quirky little stat. Round 11, Carlton beat Richmond by three points at Princess Park in what we called the best game of the season. Yeah. Um, this was Jack Titus's 100th game. Yeah, so I did, didn't mention before, he was the second highest goal kicker this year. He played all, all their games and kicked 43 goals. Mm. Round play. 13, Doug Strang kicks 10 goals from 11 shots against North Melbourne. The Tigers win by 75 points, which, is, which was their greatest winning margin at the ground at North Melbourne Strang beat the record for most goals by a Richmond player against North Melbourne uh, which was kicked 26 years earlier in the same round um, in uh, the 20, Tuesday the 25th must be August the committee men mentioned the likely player for Richmond whose name was Len Smith of Northcote ah yes um, they would not get him in the end no no We'll, we'll hear a bit more about him. A bit more about him yeah. and his family. Yeah, round yeah. 17, oh. first place Richmond defeated second place Geelong by four points at Cryo Oval. Over 200 Richmond supporters were presented with cardboard megaphones by President Barney Herbert prior to leaving <laughs> Spencer Street Station for Geelong. I love it. Richmond were the only team to beat them down there all season. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> um, and that wraps up the season proper. Yeah. Um, let's cross now to Big Red to see what he's uh, got for us. Big Red's local footy roundup for your state and suburban football action, sinking our teeth into grassroots football. G'day, lads. All right, let's see what's happening around the grounds. In Western Australia, we have East Fremantle beating Subiaco by four goals in the grand final, and this would be their fifth go- fifth premiership in six years. Sammy Clark from Claremont took over took home the Sandover Medal. Over to South Australia now, we have West Torrens defeating Norwood by 23 points. Keith Dunn of Sturt took home the McGarry medal. Uh, and our friend Ken Fraser uh, kicked another ton again. Up to Queensland now, with Windsor going back to back. And in the coming years, they'll be, they will go on to become one of the most successful Queensland teams ever. Down to Tasmania, we've got the Roy Kazali coach North Hobart coming runners up to Cannonore in front of 6,500 uh, 6, I'm sorry at North Hobart Oval. Uh, Ballarat go back to back in the goldfields, and in Bendigo, Sandhurst win their fifth flag in a row, defeating uh, Maryborough. Frank Ka- Frank Crapper kicking 154 goals 
in that league, not playing for Sandhurst, however. Uh, he was a former North Melbourne player, uh, weighing in at only 80 kilograms and six foot. So quite light, but kicking all the goals, 154. Uh, and with that, lads, kick straight. Thanks, Big Red. Um, now, also was a state carnival. Yes. The eighth state carnival, which was now held in Sydney. Held in Sydney this year, yeah. Uh, hopefully it's better. The last time it was held in Sydney, uh, World War One broke out. Yeah, well, hopefully another war doesn't break out because of this carnival. Mm. It's worth the risk, though. Um, so, well, very quickly, Sid Coventry was captain for Victoria, Red Hickey vice-captain. Um, Who's some in the forward line there? Well, Gordon Coventry. Yeah. And Bob Pratt. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe. Possibly. Yeah. Uh, Coventry. Some, some of the highlights include Gordon Coventry kicking 12 goals in a game against Tasmania. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> well, that's actually pretty impressive considering Tasmania are good. Yeah. They weren't so much this year. Okay. Um, so, Victoria won this competition pretty comfortably. Well, they won every match. Won every match. <laughs> it's the hard last, to lose. The last match they won, which was considered the final, they beat South Australia 106-44. to 44. <laughs> um, during, the, during the carnival, you were saying something interesting? Yeah, so as you mentioned before, there was talk between the VFL and the VFA about you know coming together again. There was also talk during the carnival between the National Football Council and the New South Wales Rugby Football League, that the two codes should merge and play a single national game. A secret trial match of this proposed national game, which was conducted during the carnival, was unsuccessful, (laughs) funnily (laughs) enough. And the subsequent proposal was rejected. Yeah. I mean, is there anything less surprising? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. The only other thing I noticed was that uh, the ACT, Canberra also had a team. Oh, good. So every state had a team, yeah. Um, They Mm. were not very successful. (laughs) (laughs) Again, not surprising. They uh, they didn't get hammered. Oh, actually, yeah, they did. (laughs) (laughs) You said the first game here. Tasmania, 215. Canberra, 77. (laughs) 200, yeah, that's massive. They played a few games. Not great. Twitter scene with your favourite player from Canberra. All right, now uh, let's uh, let's hear from Moz in her uh, Brownlow Downlow. The Brownlow Downlow with Moz. Wilfred Chicken Smallhorn took out the Brownlow this year, winning by one measly point. He polled 18 votes from his 17 games um, whilst he was playing for Fitzroy. Of particular note were his teammate finding kicks and his frequent winning of the ball. He was nicknamed Chicken because his mother could never catch him when he was a youngster. This continued on the footy field when he ran around as a speedy chicken winger. Smallhorn's career was unfortunately cut short with the beginning of World War II. He was taken prisoner by the Japanese um, and to help his fellow prisoners maintain morale, he organised football matches helping himself and others to survive the ordeal. A determined man on and off the footy field, he died in 1988. Finals. Oh, yeah. Thanks for that, Moz. That was great. Finals. Finals. Finals for everyone. Finals football. Here we come. We'll get that song done one day. So the first first semi was played between third and fourth. Geelong and Carlton in the new Paige McIntyre system, yes. named after the great man Percy Page, who came up with the whole thing as we as we decided. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not at all, not at yeah. all. Robin um, was. Uh, 
And look, it was a it was a close one in front of forty thousand two hundred and twenty five at the MCG. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carlton started strong, uh, kicking six goals to Geelong's two in the first quarter, um, but then it sort of started to turn on them, and uh, Geelong managed to get the biggies. Yeah, they ran over the top. Ran they? over the top and managed to win by thirteen points, twelve twelve to ten eleven. Maloney kicking four and. Troughton kicking three for the uh, Black Cats there. Mm. Um, which leads us into the second semi, which everyone thought was going to be a walkover. Yeah. Richmond had been unbelievably good the entire season. Yep. South had obviously started coming strong, but no one gave him a chance, especially after mm. Richmond beat them very convincingly during the season. Yep. And then, yeah, so at half time, and it, and it looked that way at half time. Yeah, it was South Melbourne's 3-5 to Richmond's 9-6. Now, did you mention the attendance at this game? 49,303. For a semi-final. For a semi-final. Huge. huge. Uh, so, 37-point lead to Richmond at half-time. But South opened the uh, the final... Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Um, then going into three-quarter time, they were still up by quite a bit. Yeah, they managed to sort of come back a little bit. They kicked three to Richmond's one, so they closed the gap slightly, yeah, but not by much. 28 points at three-quarter time. Um, and this is the first time these two teams had met in the finals, in the finals. since mm. 1924's yeah. Grand Robin series. Yes. Um, so Jack Bissett made several positional changes at three-quarter yeah. time. Jack Austin was thrown to full back, Jock McKenzie to defence, Bob Pratt came up the field, which allowed Aussie Bertram to play full forward. Yeah. Um, and they made up the difference in score within 15 minutes, and they ended up running out 18-point 18 18 winners. 18-point winners, it was huge. Uh, now, there's rumours circulated, and Captain uh, Jack Dyer mentioned this in his book, Captain Blood, that um, Billy Schmidt asked his players to save themselves for the grand final at halftime. You're kidding. Which oh. seems ridiculous, because the grand final's not for another two weeks. Yeah, and exactly. They're not, they're not yeah. belting each other even in this game either. Yeah. No. Well, just physically. Yeah. Oh, um, this is also South Melbourne's it. first win over Richmond at the MCG. In a in a final, that's no, brilliant. No, Ever, yeah, no, I know, but yeah, yeah. so they did it oh, in yes, the final. Yes. That's great. Mm. So this is this is where that cartoon that we mentioned earlier. They, there was a cartoon that came out saying that uh, the Tigers played like domestic cats, and yeah, there's okay. a, a, wow. a picture of uh, one of the South Melbourne players kicking a cat over, <laughs> over the fence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and horrible Which gets us to the prelim. Mm. Which takes us to the prelim. So Geelong playing Richmond for that for that spot in the granny. Yep. Um, now, pre-game, Alan Geddes of Richmond suggested to, to the committee that if Richmond could beat Geelong, that the players should be taken to St Kilda Hot Sea Baths as a reward. Fair enough. Okay, I like as a reward. Let's go to the baths. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, so in front of 48,125, again at the G, uh, in... A bit of a lacklustre affair, it was called, by Richmond at least. They did manage to win, but only just. They, mm. they came from behind in a hard-fought last quarter. Mm. Um, they beat Geelong by... I think Geelong were up by 11 points. Doug Strang kicked four last-quarter goals, and Jack Dyer scored the goal that sealed the result. Yes. Um, Jack Baggett had to retire from the field during a spiteful third quarter. Maury Hunter and Jack McConkie were also mm. injured in the match, match and would both miss the grand final. Um, the league would also suspend Doug Strang for two weeks for striking Geelong's Les Hardiman. So a few Richmond players yeah, playing then, and yeah. miss the grand final. They're going to miss the grand final. So not ideal. Which leads us to the grand final. It does lead us to the grand final. Between yes. the South Melbourne Swans yeah, yes. now and the uh, the Tigers. Um, 
the attendance for the grand final. Huge! It's Huge. right up there. Very excited, Charlie. 75,754 people. What? Massive. Did you just Largest hear attendance in league history. Love it. Um, breaking the 69,000 uh, that went to last year's grand final. Yeah, so it's, it's come up. It's come up. Yeah. Uh, so I guess it's uh, it's now time for us to speak to the captain of the winning side. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So uh, let's let's give him a call. Uh, g'day, Jack. Uh, lovely to talk to you this afternoon. Hey, guys. Look, it's very nice to be here talking with you as well. Uh, look, it's been a huge uh, day after what can only be described as a huge year. Oh, yeah. um, can you believe you've been here and you've, you've got here in your first year as captain coach? Look, yeah, there's been a lot of hard work, um, but the whole group has been truly amazing. It all started a couple of years ago with the board wanting to make a few changes. Big mention to Jack Rowan. Um, you know Jack. Um, he, got oh, yeah. start, he got us started as president, and our current president, Archie Crofts, uh, I got that right, didn't I? Yeah, Archie Crofts, um, who, who was instrumental in bringing those boys over from the West, um, over for the whole season, excuse me, in the off-season, uh, and it's all come good. Well, now you mention it, what do you think of the uh, this new nickname, the Foreign Legion, that the, the press has given you? <laughs> Uh, looks like those boys in the papers know how to make a headline. Um, and I suppose it's a bit true. Uh, we've really come together as a group, and uh, we'd be mad not to make the most of the amazing talent those sand gropers have out there. Um, there's actually <laughs> another nickname as well I might mention. Hector Lacey uh, has called you the Swans. The Swans? We're, we've kept the papers busy this year, haven't we? <laughs> I like it, though. Uh, but look, it sent you off to a bit of a rocky start having those guys come over, didn't it? Yeah, it was worse than last year, but having a couple of them sit on the bench at the start of the year wasn't ideal. But those are the rules, and you've got to stick to them, don't you? Um, as we would expect all the other clubs to. Um, now, you're referring there, of course, to the three-month uh, residential qualification? Yeah, look, not ideal, but as I said, it was what it was. What is what it is. Now, there was uh, another big interstate name playing in that first game of the year, but not one from WA. yeah. Laurie Nash oh, yes. was a great pickup. Um, pretty quiet in his first game, if I remember right. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Big Roy did us a big favour here, helping um, helping us get him up from the city of Launceston. Yeah, Roy Cazaley. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, but I believe there are a couple of connections there because we heard not only was he uh, coached by Roy Cazaley, as you just mentioned, uh, but uh, also the uh, Launceston president was good mates with your old captain, Joe Scanlon. Looks like we were just blessed there, fellas. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get things back to the year, uh, the 1933 season. Um, as we said, didn't start that strong, did it? Nah. Uh, what were we? Um, four or five? Uh, look, as I said, it was a lot of guys who had never played together before, trying to figure out uh, each other, it, it, trying to figure each other out. And it wasn't for the lack of trying. But once we gelled... Um, once we gelled together, we felt pretty good. Yeah, well, uh, we're not surprised. And you didn't drop a game for the rest of the season after round nine, uh, which led you into second place behind your old, your old team, Richmond, uh, meaning you played them in that second semi. Uh, how yeah. did you feel going into that game? After their dominant year, not many people gave us a chance. At halftime, it looked like they were right, but we managed to pull it around and get the job done. Uh, it's very modest of you there, Jack, uh, <laughs> because we know you were instrumental in a few positional moves wow. to help make that change happen. 
Well, yeah. Well, there are a couple of things that we definitely that definitely helped. Hillis was bra- uh, barely able to move uh, w- with his hip, so Austin took his spot there, and moving Pratt up to the half forward uh, with uh, Ozzy Bertram behind him. Got a few goals flowing again. Yeah, which gave you that 18-point win, which is a 35-point turnaround for half-time, putting you in your first grand final since uh, you boys won it in 1918. Ah, yeah, it was a great feeling. Um, And then Richmond beat Geelong pretty unconvincingly in a pretty bruising final. Um, Mm. How were you feeling knowing you'd be facing them again in the grand final? Look, our biggest worry last week was hoping that Ron Hillis would get up for would get up from his hip injury, but unfortunately he couldn't. And we were lucky that Heck McKay um, could take his spot as well. Um, you were missing one other player as well, weren't you? Uh, you're talking about Robertson? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, we missed his speed, but uh, got a nice note from Austin all the way from San Francisco telling us uh, that uh, he was with us in spirit. Plus um, he was. <laughs> So in front of a record crowd of 75,754, Jack, um, you got the game going, starting strong. That many? Woo, wow. Um, (laughs) I I knew it was bigger than usual, but that is huge. Look, we felt good, and we were using the ball well, uh, but couldn't convert it to the scoreboard until Duggan's got that one, then Pratt. Then and Thomas followed up as well. Yes, yeah, so and twenty points, twenty-one points up at quarter time, Jack. It must have taken the pressure off a little. Uh, not a, in a grand final, mate. Um, there are plenty more. There was plenty more football to play. And then uh, McLaughlin going down in the second and getting replaced by Gil Beard took away our momentum a bit. Uh, but you obviously got that momentum back quickly, leading by twenty-eight points at half time, then thirty-nine points at three-quarter time. Surely you felt you had it by then. Look, we started to settle and enjoy it. The crowd were up and about. I, I think they just wanted Bob to kick his third and overtake nuts for the goal kicking of the year. <laughs> um, can't believe he missed that sitter from 25 out. <laughs> <laughs> that was unbelievable, wasn't it? But he finally got there when he swooped on that loose ball at about 20 out. Hey, can you believe he kicked 3-9 for the game? Hard to believe, isn't it? Uh, I think there were a few of us um, on the... There were a few on the full as well. I think his knee might have given him a bit of a bit trouble today, though. Really? Yeah, interesting. Um, look, so you finished with a 42-point win. Congratulations again. Tell us, though, Jack, who did you think was best on ground today? Look, guys, I hate to individualise, but always uh, and always to get a flag, to, it takes a whole team doing their part. But I can't help saying uh, myself in saying that um, Nash was our best today. He was everywhere. Uh, he just kept making marks so coolly, taking marks so coolly. Unstoppable. Look, Jack, thanks so much for your time and well done on South's first flag in 15 years. Where's, where to now? Thanks, guys. Uh, hopefully with this team it won't be the last. Now we're off to see all the supporters at South Melbourne Town Hall and uh, who knows from there. <laughs> Enjoy, mate. Won't be a problem at all. Up, up the swans. Hey. hey, there we go. <laughs> up the swans. So following the grand final, yeah. when the players jumped into two charabanks, which are kind of like minibuses. Okay. Um, they travelled through St Kilda. They dined at the Tivoli, as I think he said. Yeah, no, um, so they first went to the South Melbourne Town Hall. Yep. In front of about 5,000 people, I think. And then they went on to the Queensbridge Hotel, then went to the Tivoli. Yeah. Um, 
and where, where they were introduced to all the patrons at the interval of the review, yes. which I quite liked. Ah. Yeah. Um, and then they hopped hopped back on the minibuses and went to... <laughs> Richmond. Richmond. <laughs> <laughs> which is great. Uh, they received an unusually noisy and unwelcome reception. <laughs> yeah, funnily enough. Yeah. They, uh, they celebrations lasted a week. Each player received a tie and was asked to stop by the sh- a shop in uh, Bridport Street to pick up a free Pelico shirt. Ooh, delightful. Yes. I like the little mention there of um, Roy Kazali helping out with the team yeah. construction. Well, as we, I mean, as we mentioned in in that fantastic book that we've got and who we did the interview with a little oh, just while ago. Right? Yes. Yeah. Um, mm. The he he's contribution to football in Tasmania after he finished in the Sorry, VFL mean, um, was huge. Yeah. yeah. The, sorry, not... Uh, Allen. Yes. Robert Allen. Robert Allen. Yes. Yeah, yeah. His book. Yeah, oh, yeah his, his contribution to Tasmanian football was humongous. And mm. back to his old club as well, which yeah. is great. Mm. Yeah. Um, following the grand final, there was also a charity game played between the VFL Carnival team... Oh, yeah. ...and a VFL team that had played in Adelaide in a, in a separate... Uh, oh, cool. So two, two totally separate yeah. representative teams. Yeah, with the uh, the team that played in Adelaide beating the Carnival team 166 to 113. Which is pretty phenomenal considering that Victoria absolutely smashed the Carnival yeah. as well. So yeah. that must have been a bloody good team. Um, and the other thing to mention was the Reserves Premiership. Yes. Won by Melbourne. The Mighty Demons. Mm. Um, was this... Uh, one, it was a third, three, third, third in a row. row. One point win over St Kilda, 74 yeah, to 75. We'll and it wasn't played before the grand final no. as it has been in the past. That was played between Q and... There was a game played before okay. the grand final. Yeah. I think it was an under-19s game. Okay. Um, yeah, so this was played as a standalone game the Thursday before, which was the show day holiday, which okay. we don't have anymore, no. um, at the well, MCG. So some retirements from the 1933 season. Jack Moriarty, oh. Fitzroy, and Essendon. I bet you're looking forward to us not rubbing that in your face anymore, though. <laughs> yeah. 626. Still. Sorry? Yeah, isn't he? Did he? Yeah, sorry. We didn't let him go. He left because he uh, he thought we took bribes. 626 goals for Fitzroy. He was their, their game, their goals record holder. Kaji Greaves, yeah. uh, Geelong's champion, who their best and fairest is named after, and the first league Brownlow medalist. Yes. Bob Johnson of Melbourne. Yes, Bob Johnson oh, Sr. Really? Tommy Downs. Oh, such a good season. Tommy Downs of Carlton. 56 games between 1927 and 1933. He missed the entire 1930 and 1932 season, both through suspension. Oh, <laughs> um, Arthur Coughlin, 145 games at Geelong. And then some other players, Roy Bentz from St Kilda, Bill Timms from St Kilda and Melbourne, and Garnet Campbell, Essendon's captain. Yeah, captain. Oh, yeah. Okay. All retiring. Oh. A couple of big names there. There yeah. are, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Agreed. So, to finish us off, the roundup for the year. The roundup. The 33 VFL Premiership team was. South Melbourne, the Foreign Legion. The Swans, yeah. the Bloods. Who are they now? <laughs> Who knows? Yes. Um, the leading goal kicker was different. So, Gordon Coventry in the season kicked 108 goals. Yes, and Bob Pratt finished with 109 with after the grand two final. Extra games, yeah. yeah. Uh, imagine the cheer. So, Gordon Coventry won. Yeah. 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 Uh, the Brownlow medalist was Chicken Smallhorn of Fitzroy. Ah. The great man. Wolfie. Which is two Brownlows in a row for Fitzroy. Three. Three? Oh. Yeah. Button, Button, Smallhorn. Button, Button, Smallhorn. Oh, yeah. Button's right, one, already won two. Yeah, yeah straight exactly. away. Yeah, wow. Um, Who took the wooden spoon in 1933? 
Essendon. Essendon. Yeah, fourth wooden spoon. Yes. <laughs> uh, the highest Terrible. score for 1933 was Collingwood's 25 goals, 1,565. Kaz. Yeah. Can we, can I give it, can we ever get anything to the small horn? Because uh, I still like that one. Uh, he didn't make the list. You, you chose not to, no. You, oh, maybe. I can, hold on. No, you didn't. Oh. When he started, you, I think you chose Rex's job or maybe Banana Legs Hopkins. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's great. That's oh, that great. Just, that um, appeals to my sense of humor. All right, so your options today. You've got Roy Rodder, Eric Tarnan. Read them out because I don't know where my glasses are and I cannot see. That's what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will continue. Roy Thank Rodder, you. Eric Tarzan Glass, George Schlitz, Jack Diprose, Ambrose Palmer, Elf Andrew Street, Lindsay Lamb, or Bob Grislingham. Gislingham? Oh, Gislingham. Gisling. Oh, okay. Well, um, what, was, what was the second one again? Eric Tarzan, Tarzan Glass. It has to be Tarzan. Eric Tarzan, Tarzan Glass. Glass. I'll you. tell you what, the All nicknames. All the ladies out there. Yeah, I wonder was why. Was he a Melbourne player? He, he was. Mm. It's funny how Melbourne keep winning this award. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully Moz approves of that one as well. Mm. Hopefully he lives up to his name. Um, let's be honest. Premiership tallies as of 1933. Collingwood 9. Fitzroy 7. Essendon 6. Carlton 5 Richmond 3 South Melbourne 3 Geelong 2 Melbourne 2 mm. It will be a long 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 time before we talk about another Swans Premiership It will oh. 70, Which we, 73 years? 73 We were talking about it before On the, we, on that note it mentions the fact that the celebrations went for a, we, a week on the Thursday night after the grand final at like a smokers dinner yeah. um, the president um, got up and said, you know, this is the start of a new era and we'll be there many, many times. Um, and they were. <laughs> they made the next three grand finals. Oh, what? But, yeah, Spoilers. didn't win one until 2005. Something else I just remembered was um, that night they were entertained by music by Bobby Shepard's orchestra, mm-hmm. uh, songs by James Fallon, Builders Australia's favourite tenor. Um, they sang a song called Have We Met? Um which is one of the big hits by Jack McKinnon, Happy Days Are Here Again, was sung. And then they sang this again in the 2005 Premiership as part of the celebrations oh, I love at Grand it. Casino. They actually sung that song. Oh, that's so great. 73 years later, yeah. 73 years. That's wonderful. It gives the D's hope, doesn't it? <laughs> and also a few other clubs yeah. as well who were sitting in the same sort of mm. sort of place. Yeah. Um, Maybe yeah. they celebrated it. So a great year for the, a great year for the Swans. A fun year for to talk about. Yeah, it was. It was mm. great. Mm. Some long-lasting effects there with like nicknames and St yeah. badge. And the other thing I just remembered as well, Hawthorne's nickname, the Mustard Pots. Yeah. Did that? Does that also remember a couple of years ago we talked about how Glenferry Oval was like like a mustard yeah. pot? It, that was in the paper, wasn't it? Mm, Possibly, it was quite yeah. muddy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was trying to find it, but yeah, yeah I think bring that so, back. Yeah, I like it. Mm. Can the mustard pot? <laughs> uh, and very well done, you guys. Thank you. Let yeah. us know how it's uh, nice for us all to be back together and yeah, looking at room. each other in the face. It is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is. Um, thank you for listening. Yes, thank you. Uh, please tell friends about us. Tell one person who you, you know loves football, who is now aching, who has a hole <laughs> where the season was. Yes. Now it's done. That's right. And, and they can... Time to listen exactly. To about yeah. They can enjoy it. And by if the you're t- a Melbourne supporter or someone who doesn't have much success. Yeah. By the time we get to the 2020 season, we'll probably be up to, what, 1940? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully maybe a little bit longer. Maybe, yeah. Um, yeah, so please uh, let people know, tell people, rate us. Check out our website. Check out our website. We might hope, we've got a new logo that's pending, so that ah, yeah, yeah. As well. and, Let us uh, know what you think. 
yeah, please let us know if there's anything you think we need to do differently, whether it's, you know, just mm. shut up yeah. sometimes mm. or, yeah, or whatever, anything. Any questions also. <laughs> um, and if there's any comments about me, tell it to Tim and he can sort of filter it down. <laughs> Thank you. Beautiful. No. Well, until 1934, hooroo. You can contact kick to kick by email at kick to kick podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at kick to kick pod or instagram which is at kick to kick pod as well for our growing list of all our references please go to kick to kick dot slash p slash reference dash list thank you very much for listening